0: morning and welcome to the Blockade Runner podcast. This is John and with me this morning is Ryan.
1: Good morning, John.
0: And uh, we are back for the Power of the 90s series for 1993. So if you were with us uh, in the fall, um, Ryan and I um, put together a couple episodes about Star Wars stuff in the 90s. We're calling that series The Power of the 90s. Uh, took a little break for The Last Jedi, but... Um, Back in the fall of 2017, we covered 91 and 92, and a little bit of 1990. But it was a pretty dark time, 1990. So, mm-hmm. um, but each year here in uh, Star Wars in the 90s, things are picking up and uh, and uh, gathering steam. So we are back for 1993, and um, we'll be doing these monthly um, all the way through the 90s. Um, so we're going to talk about Star Wars comics. We're going to talk about Star Wars books, uh, video games, and whatever else was going on with Star Wars in 1993. Um, why don't we start with books, Ryan, and uh, just chat a little bit about uh, the Star Wars Expanded Universe books that were happening in '93? Um, we talked on our last episode about uh, *Heir to the Empire*, and uh, the the first uh, first book on our list here is *The Last Command*. Um, which is what the third book in the Heirs of the Empire Trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that uh, huge, um, you know, groundbreaking moment in Star Wars uh, in the 90s, uh, the Heirs of the Empire Trilogy, which is still um, just a mammoth um, kind of event in in the history of Star Wars, uh, wrapped up here in 93. So um, pretty, pretty big moment. Uh, I have not read this book. Have you read it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I I read the trilogy. Um, It's been as, um, is it stained?
0: It's been a while. Yeah. That one? Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Okay. Yeah. No, I'm down with that reference. Um, Yeah. No, I haven't read it, but uh, it seems like... um, this is the book that uh features the birth of jason and Jaina solo um so i know that uh they were uh, you know obviously major figures in the entire expanded universe so um pretty big deal pretty big deal but um yeah i've been meaning to go back and check these out um so hopefully i'll find the time to do that um soon i I would love 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 to read these so um a friend of ours uh, ben over in uh, maryland i think um actually met timothy zahn at a, at a uh, convention yesterday and had him uh he's i think he said he signed nine of his books um oh my goodness <laughs> yeah but then said uh ben said that um zahn is his favorite sci-fi author and um he was like super excited he'd met him once before but uh yeah he was he was really excited to to see him again so that's that's cool um and of course Thrawn. you know uh i'm looking forward to star wars rebels coming back in a week or two and um and we'll see some more thrawn so uh jason and Jaina, uh, not so much part of what's going on in star wars lately but uh grand admiral thrawn of course is so um i think these books are still obviously um very influential and uh yeah i mean it's uh, we've talked about it on both of our power of the 90s episodes we've done so far but um you know heirs of the Empire and timothy's on and that whole trilogy of books i think is just a huge huge part of getting star wars going again in the early 90s so um that's a pretty big moment right there now the next book on our list i have read uh but as you said it's been a very very long time and that is uh the truce epicura star wars the truce epicura um i'm gonna go out on a limb and assume you've not read this one
1: i have not
0: yeah don't really remember too much about it uh i, I remember <laughs> that uh i was fine with it at the time like i liked it well enough um it's a book by uh kathy Tyres is the uh the author's name um and it is set right after return of the jedi um but uh i don't remember too much more about it than that um as uh, as is implied in the title it's sort of like a little bit about uh political stuff and uh what's going to happen uh after return of the jedi but it features you know all of uh all those classic um original trilogy characters and stuff so um yeah this is like the time when star wars literature and expanded universe books and stuff are are just starting to uh to get rolling so Mm. um i probably be fun to go back and take a look at this one too but like i said i got this from the well i didn't say yet but i got this from the public library in our town um way back when in the 90s and it was like one of the i don't know how many books they had at our i was going to the rockford public library downtown the downtown branch um and the downtown branch had a pretty decent section of star wars books in the in the sci-fi section so that's where i would grab um just whatever star wars books they had so true sipicure was one of them as was courtship of Princess Leia and some other classics from from yeah. back in the day, but anyway, those are the two. Uh, those are the two um, kind of EU uh, books from 1993: Last Command, um, wrapping up the heirs of the Empire trilogy, and True Security. So, um, still a very manageable number of books, but I think that that was exciting at the time, you know, to have um, two new Star Wars books that year. So, yeah. Also exciting, Ryan, um, and a little bit of a, um, a bridge from our last episode. The There were three more Jedi Prince books um, <laughs> yes. in 1993 as well. Um, who could forget Mission from Mount Yoda? Oh, I love Mount Yoda. <laughs> and Prophets of the Dark Side. Um, mm-hmm. So those three books came out in 1993. Now, we, we spent a lot of time talking about the Jedi Prince books on our uh, 92 episode. Um, um
1: probably too much time
0: i think i'm I'm thinking so yeah so we probably don't need to talk about them too much more here um except for to say that just like air to the empire the jedi prince books um sent shockwaves that reverberated or still are reverberating through the uh, star wars universe now um
1: yeah that glove of darth vader (laughs) still touches everything (laughs) what's our villains in every pot
0: what's our villain's name with the uh (laughs) oh my god I told you I was going to cut out a piece of paper and make like a little, uh, third eye. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so everyone would know I'm truly the son of Darth Vader because I have my third eye. Um, but, uh, though no, we, we, I, those Jedi Prince books were, were really cool. Um, are yeah, super fun. Yeah. Very fun kids books. So there's three more in 93. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, that's, that's it for, um, the kind of like, what would you say like narrative uh star wars novel type things mm-hmm. um but uh of course there were more west end games books as well in mm-hmm. 1993. uh we've got at least four on our list here um so there was the galaxy guide seven uh mos eisley the galaxy guide nine fragments from the rim um and then han solo and the corporate sector source book uh and then you got one you picked up one yesterday right
1: yeah yeah. Um it is and if you're watching the video version, I am holding it up right now and that is uh Dark Force Rising sourcebook. Um again, based off the um Timothy Zahn novels and um again, like just full of cool post Return of the Jedi factoids. And characters and equipment. And um, there's something I actually really like at the beginning of um, this book. Um, It says, This and all other products that take place after the events depicted in Return of the Jedi are the author's vision of what may have happened the true fate of the heroes and villains of the Star Wars universe remains the exclusive province of George Lucas and Lucasfilm Limited.
0: That is cool. Um, the the sort of genesis of legends being born right there in that West End Games book. Um, I'm, man, I don't have a copy of uh, of like Heir to the Empire or True Picure or anything around here um trying to remember if that kind of little note was in all of the star wars literature of the time or if that was reserved specifically for the source books
1: yeah i this is actually the first time i've noticed it Mm -hmm. um it could have been in there um but yeah i'm not sure
0: okay okay um well yeah you know we've talked about them on on all of the uh Power of the 90s episodes but the source books of course are um for use with the uh the role-playing game so um again this is like a huge part of what was keeping star wars alive uh in the 80s and 90s um so things are starting to pick up in 1993 but um you know these were these were uh instrumental in in keeping star wars fans um sort of you know engaged uh all through the late eighties and early nineties and stuff. So, um, very cool. Um, and, uh, we somehow didn't put on the list, but I, you know, I was looking at our Google doc here and it's like, okay, galaxy guide, seven galaxy guide, nine, what about galaxy guide eight? Um, that was released in 1993 as well, September of 1993. And that one is called scouts galaxy guide, eight scouts. Mm. Um, yeah. So, um, that was about the, the, what character class of the scout who um, I'm reading here was a free spirit and an adrenaline jockey eager to plumb the depths of his own curiosity. Um, that sounds sounds pretty good. Yeah. I like Um, that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So the scouts would seek out cultures and worlds lost or abandoned during the dark time of the empire. Um, so yeah, that would that would probably be pretty sweet uh, to check out as well. Um, also, really cool probably to go back and look at these days. Um, I don't have a copy. I don't think you do either. But uh, the Han Solo and the Corporate Sector Sourcebook, um, I mm. think would be would be very cool to go check out. Um, the uh, Han Solo, the Corporate Sector um, is something that was um, part of the early Han Solo stories in the EU. And I think there's some suggestion that that might be part of what's going on with um, with Solo. Um, or at least that the corporate sector idea may be um, brought back in Star Wars canon in some way or another. Um, I believe it showed up in one of the visual guides for one of the movies, The Corporate Sector on a Map or something like that. So um mm. Yeah, but now that we're in Han Solo season, you know what I mean. We're this we recording this in February of uh, 2018, so we're we're just a couple months out from Solo, a Star Wars story. So, any uh, any Han Solo focused um, EU stuff from from this era, I think, is uh, definitely pretty pretty interesting to uh, go back and look at these days. So, for sure, cool. Um, should we move on to comics? Yeah. All right, cool. So the. There's two big things happening in comics in 1993. The first one we talked about a bunch last time we recorded, so 92, um, and that was the Dark Empire comic series um, from Dark Horse. So, you know, we won't get back into what that is so much, but um, the trade paperback of that uh, first series of Dark Empire books was released here in 93. Um, so that's just collecting. The that series of comics. Um, again, we talked all about them on the last episode. Although, the conclusion of that first series of Dark Empire comics is pretty interesting um, now, in light of the Last Jedi, um, as uh, Han Solo or not Han Solo, uh, Luke Skywalker sort of did a force projection thing um, in Dark Empire way back in 1993, um, and obviously we saw that we saw that happen, or we saw that come back, that concept come back um, in the Last Jedi. So I, I would guess Ryan Johnson read dark empire in the nineties at some point. Uh, I guess it's hard to say for sure. I know mm-hmm. he's, he's a lifelong star Wars fan. I don't know if he was one who would, you know, dip into the comics as well, but, um, but I, you know, obviously that was a, a super influential, um, you know, a uh, piece of star Wars literature as well. So pretty, pretty cool to, to look back at that now and see that, um, you know, Luke was force projecting back in 1992 and
1: 1993 in
0: dark empire. So that is cool. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. So now, uh, let's talk about the other comic series from 1993, which is the tales of the Jedi Knights of the old Republic. Mm you know maybe something here that's also a little topical these days we don't know for sure but um, the rumors are swirling and the uh, conclusions are being made um, whether they're erroneous or not we can't say but uh, but there's hmm. some there's some nights of the old republic excitement in the air as well so Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty cool to, to go back and look at these now i've been looking at um knights of the old republic tales of the jedi one through three over the last couple days and uh i think you went back and read them too right
1: yeah i actually have the the trade oh okay from uh from dark horse and lucas books
0: okay nice so i've been reading them um on marvel unlimited so a little mm. uh, plug for that service oh, or...
1: a great great digital service
0: yeah, so if you're a big, if you're a big comics fan, I'm sure you already know about Marvel's Marvel Unlimited, but um, it's ten bucks a month, and there's a ton, tens of thousands of comics on there that you can read um, without purchasing them. So Netflix for Marvel Comics. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly I just signed up so that I could check out some of these old, um, you know, Star Wars comics. Um, specifically these ones. Um, I also was looking up single issues on eBay and stuff, and they are pretty inexpensive. So yeah, um, maybe I'll. I'll grab them from there to have them in the, uh, in the collection. Although I don't have a star Wars comics collection to speak of. So
1: <laughs> it would sort of be the beginning it's of a, one,
0: I guess it's, Hey, it's a good thing to start. Yeah. I, I would really have liked to have gotten the, um, dark horse omnibus of uh Knights of the old Republic. Um, but looking at that, trying to find that online, um, it's, it's, really expensive probably like 80 90 100 to yeah get that at this yeah. point so it's i
1: it's definitely much cheaper to just buy the original dark horse books yeah than like the um the omnibuses um yeah
0: i it's i nice do have that big omnibus on the shelf though you know what i mean that's sure that's,
1: yeah sure
0: um but
1: uh yeah so knights of the old republic um definitely a a hot topic um, in Star Wars fandom, for sure. Um, m- I think most of the conversation around it does stem from the uh, the video games, the Bioware games and Obsidian games, I guess, um, whether it be the, um, the first two single-player games or the MMO. Um, but if you actually read Tales of the Jedi, um, Knights of the Old Republic... Um, you're, it's, it's similar, but it's very, also very different than the approach that Bioware took. Um, I feel like the, the Bioware games, um, definitely worked in a lot more familiar elements, um, into, uh, into their games, whereas... Um, the original comics are very, um, they almost feel like a, like, uh, like a high fantasy story. Um, it's very, they're very, very low tech. Um, and there's a lot of just like monsters and swashbuckling and, a lot of people just like hanging out wearing rags, and not, um, not so much um, in the technology side. Whereas I feel like the the video games and like the comics and books and everything that would come later were um, somewhat informed by the Star Wars prequels and um, the approach taken there. Um,
0: yeah, with and the tech. Yeah, and you know that I'm not. Uh an expert in you know by any means on on any of the knights of the old republic stuff um i was surprised looking at this because i thought like uh just in terms of comics and stuff like well number one there was not a lot of blood but there was like a there's some blood here and there um and it's it's very 90s you know like it looks very 90s and like the tone of it and everything i feel like is very 90s and then um I, i was like wow this is like got Judge Dredd vibes almost like mm-hmm. in the uh, in the soldiers and stuff you know it's, it just feels like very it feels just as much like 90s comic books as it does 90s or as it does Star Wars in general I guess you'd say hmm. um which is cool I think you know but uh yeah it, like I guess what I'm trying to say is that I'm not feeling the Star Wars vibe all that much from these comics yeah um so it's just as much like just like you know Nine, like Dark Horse 90s comic style type thing, um, at least, you know, to the layman like myself. Um, mm. that Those are the vibes I'm getting off of it. The other thing I would say, Ryan, um, it, it almost has like, and I feel like cliche or almost like, you know, like I'm just reaching for the low-hanging fruit here, but it almost has like a Game of Thrones style, like plot line, you know, where it's yeah. like, <laughs> and that's why I think it's a particularly you know kind of interesting at this point because people are like oh are those guys doing game with are they doing old republic and then like the <laughs> first like knights of the old republic thing i look at is like whoa this feels very game of thrones yeah so,
1: <laughs> it's very high fantasy
0: yeah but but also just like it's about like different like um and i guess maybe this is implied in high fantasy order but like different factions like all warring for a throne sort of thing you know yeah yeah
1: i mean i guess that also has like shades of like the mandalorian conflicts Mm, as well um but yeah i think um yeah i think what bioware did and i think they did it successfully is they took this knights of the old republic concept um of you know a a time where there were more jedi and um you know pre um pre what we know um they took it and they added in a lot of shades of star Wars. Um, again, both informed by Phantom Menace and by, um, the original trilogy, um, to make it much more familiar, um, feeling. And, you know, like if you're reading this, you're, um, don't expect to see like Darth Bane or like any of those kind of, um, parallels um and like even i mean a lot of the uh the characters and um in knights of the elder republic like you know mission and her Wookiee friend and um karth as like your your han solo um um well no i guess mission's more of the han solo but like there's so many more parallels in um in the games, whereas this just really feels like its own thing. Um, again, like m- much more informed by fantasy and 90s style comics and I guess political thrillers. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: But um, it's interesting. Um, and I think it's uh well worth uh well worth checking out.
0: Yeah, and I think for like like what we're doing here, which is just kind of going back and sort of glancing at all the stuff from the 90s and kind of taking a look back at it and stuff, it's it's um kind of better this way, you know what I mean, that it's it's sort of it has its it has its own identity, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. It's definitely its own thing here, and so, um, just to get a little taste of like what was going on with Star Wars in the '90s, like you, you can for sure feel the '90s in in here. You know what I mean? Mm. Just as much as the Star Wars. So the
1: power of the '90s. The power of
0: the '90s. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, yeah, um, I I was happy to check it out, and um, you know, maybe doing this series is gonna when do we start getting like Knights of the Old Republic games and stuff like that? When does that mythology start to develop? Like 2000s? 2000s yeah. But there are more comics though. There's definitely more comics, mm-hmm. um, sat in that era.
1: Yeah. Uh, and I'm not familiar, um, with the ones that came after this original arc yeah, but um, until be. we get to the 2000s ones. So I wonder if like those would start coming closer to what the first Bioware game ended up being.
0: Yeah, like how much of that was developed by Bioware versus how much of it was developed, you know, in some of these other stories and then brought into those games. So Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, So that's kind of it for comics in 93. I Um, think
1: now would be a great time to talk about the Star Wars Galaxy cards because those are very 90s comic adjacent. (laughs)
0: <laughs> All right, let's do that. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's hop over to the Star Wars Galaxy card series from Tops. Um, mm-hmm. Ryan, you and I are both uh, equipped yeah. <laughs> with our uh, gold foil cover Star Wars Galaxy yeah um, co- book collection. I think I I either posted about these on the blog or we talked about them on episodes or maybe both of those things. But these books are so so good, mm-hmm. um, so good. Uh, edited by um, Gary Garani um i believe is the uh the author's name um and he worked on all these star wars cards for tops and um you get like a little you know um introduction which kind of is a multi-page essay sort of history about uh the the series of cards and then um you know visual reproduction of every card in the series so um comes with some collectible cards as well and uh, just like a super great package. but anyway, so if if you don't have a complete set of Star Wars Galaxy uh, cards, tops cards, which I'm gonna guess you don't, um, I highly recommend going out and picking up this book, but let's talk about the cards themselves.
1: Yeah, so this was um one of my entry points um for um for Star Wars fandom um back in the 90s um because at this point i was um frequenting comic book stores and um i was a big fan of the marvel universe trading cards um and
0: yeah those were awesome yes yep
1: and (laughs) those um the success of those cards um actually inspired um, This galaxy series It was more of like a um, You know The idea that you could have Trading cards that were um, Just for Fans essentially That weren't like a movie tie in Or um, anything Else they were just like For fans to collect And um, they'd have To have interesting art and Interesting facts And all of that Um, which the Marvel cards did really successfully. Um, And also, so I was, you know, becoming familiar with a lot of um, comic artists and art styles. And I started to kind of develop, um, you know, my tastes in comic art and all of that um, at this time. And these cards are drawn by like, hot comic artists of the time and you know even from like previous eras um so i went through and i marked some of my favorite cards from this first series um and we're just talking about the uh the first series here because the next series would come out next year um or the year after 94 Mm -hmm. but um yeah, is it like cool if I just get started? Sure, Maybe yeah, I'm let's surprised. do
0: it. Let's do it.
1: Okay, so um, one of my first favorites are is this uh, p- picture on page 38 of um, Luke and the um, Twin Sons. Um, and it is done by uh, Paul Chadwick, who um, did the comic Concrete um, for, I believe, Dark Horse. Um, so that's super cool. Um Jeff Darrow has an awesome Hoth card here on page 41. Um this one's really interesting. Uh page 42. Um we got some some wacky droid um art here by uh, Steve Ditko, um, the co-creator of Spider-Man.
0: yeah yeah that one is cool um very cool and steve dicko kind of like not working that much at that time if i'm remembering correctly is that true or um
1: yeah i'm not sure if he was in his uh reclusive state yet um where he has resided um for for quite some time um
0: but yeah that one that one is oh sorry go ahead no 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 uh, I was just gonna say, that card is really cool. It's got a very different, obviously, um look than most of the cards in the Galaxy series. And yeah the whole point of the Galaxy series is to like have uh you know different artists like sort of reinterpret moments from the movies or just like stuff from the star wars galaxy in in their own kind of style or whatever so this is very much like you know it's uh r2 and 3po in a in a droid factory type setting or like not droid factory but maybe like um that scene in uh empire with the Ugnats and the you know Mm. all the droids everywhere and stuff like that and so um you know it's like evocative of that moment if not inspired by that moment but you know has a very different kind of look to it so it's cool yeah,
1: um, jumping ahead, uh, page sixty-two. This is uh, one of my favorite cards in this set, um, and it is a Tuscan Raider by uh, Mike Mignola, mm-hmm. who would, um, you know, he do a lot of um, he he did a lot of work at Marvel, and then um, would go on to create Hellboy.
0: Okay, is Hellboy Dark Horse? Uh yes okay yeah. yeah 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 uh that's got a very uh distinctive look to it um <laughs> uh mm-hmm. the broad-shouldered tuscan raider there um the broad-bodied yeah. tuscan raider um so yeah that's that's pretty cool it's got a definitely a very Mignola look like with that little skull in the corner too and everything um i don't know uh we i should know um i don't know if you know but uh if mike Mignola ever did any star wars books at a dark horse um I'm not yeah. aware, so that's, that's a good question. To...
1: I would not be, I would not be surprised if he did.
0: Yeah, no. Uh-uh. So um, if he, if he did, I guess they'll pop up in our in our research as we uh, continue our way through the '90s, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, right uh, next to it is a uh, Mobius um, C3PO that is just full of. Detail and um, like density with a lot of uh, a lot of that uh, Mobius style uh, art there, which is very cool. Um, Jumping ahead uh, even more, um, page seventy-two, we have a Yoda picture um, by Joe Casada. Um, who is now the um, editor in chief of Marvel Comics? Uh huh. Yeah. Um, also, weirdly, uh, Joe Casado was instrumental in um, getting the NES into um, retail stores in the United States in the mid 80s.
0: Really? <laughs>
1: yeah. I don't know so, that I've ever read that. It's yeah, just... <laughs> that's also just completely an aside. Did,
0: did he work at Nintendo he worked or did he in work... retail? Oh, okay. All
1: right. And uh on. yeah, he uh he saw potential. And I think I I don't know if he got it into like JCPenney or one of those like
0: chain stores. So Okay, well thank you for my childhood, Joe Casada. Yeah awesome. for yeah. sure. <laughs>
1: um another one here, and I'm I'm probably going to um mess up the name here because i've never really learned how to say it but um bill sinkevich i think Uh Um, uh-huh it's his uh darth vader helmet with um just layers um that you can uh you can kind of it's semi-transparent
0: like a look inside the mask kind of thing like what's behind the helmet yeah
1: and uh he's an artist i really love for his work on new mutants um back in the back in the 80s um and then yeah that is uh that is it
0: okay yeah that's that's some of my faves oh man i'm looking at uh (laughs) there's a really cool one on page 80 um, from Dave Stevens of, uh, Luke Skywalker with the wide eyed wonder, wide eyed sense of wonder. It's, it's, uh, is the caption from Grani there, but, uh, yeah, that one, that one's awesome. <laughs> oh, that um, is cool. I like yeah. that. Yeah. There's a ton of great ones in here. Um, so again, like definitely get the book, but you know, um, we're always finding stuff, unfortunately, <laughs> as we go through and do these, um, like we, we, we spend, you know, a month or whatever, kind of putting together the notes and, and putting in as much stuff as we can, um, uh, but uh, we're always finding stuff that we that we kind of missed, I think. And uh, an example of this, and something I really wish I had picked up um, in the lead up to this episode, um, the uh, there were there were a couple of books put together, trade paperbacks put together by um, Gary Garani um, in the '90s, in '93 and '94, um, called The Art of Star Wars Galaxy, uh, Volume One and Volume Two, and. Mm. Um, they, uh, feature forwards. The, the one that came out in, um, 1993 volume one features a forward by George Lucas, um, which would be, I think very interesting to read. And I would just love, I mean, as much as this book, you know, that we're using today is a fantastic collection. Um, it would be really cool to go back and kind of pick up that, that trade paperback and and sort of see how it was presented in book form there. Um, and then the volume two, um, which I guess we'll talk about volume two, or we'll talk about the kind of following series in Star Wars Galaxy um, a little bit in the next episode. Uh, that features a foreword by Ralph McQuarrie, which uh, obviously I would love to read as well. So, oh, wow. yeah. Um, so uh, I'm. I guess I'm. I'm viewing this now as a place to start. Uh, I took the dust cover off of mine, which it's awesome. It's got a piece of uh, gum that came with the cards on the front, and then on huh. the back, like a broken up <laughs> piece of gum. So. Yeah, that um, uh, very hard gum. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, so anyways, uh, maybe I'll try to track down those trade paperbacks because that would be really cool. Mm. Um, two to have and to look back at those forwards and and stuff like that. So but yeah, Star Wars Galaxy like super, super cool. Um and again, like, you know, a big part of especially in the early nineties, um, a big part of I think what was special and valuable about the Star Wars stuff is the way it was keeping Star Wars alive when there was not, you know, new films and uh it seemed like Star Wars was a little bit on the dormant side. So Mm -hmm. a project like Star Wars Galaxy from tops is, you know, exactly what I think Star Wars needed was um new interpretations and artistic interpretations of uh, of stuff from the Star Wars universe. So very, very cool. Yeah. Um, Okay. Uh, Why don't we jump into games, uh, video games? And this is another... I do have one
1: more book. Oh, you do? Two more books. (laughs) Really?
0: Oh, (laughs) okay. Well, no, let's Um, do it.
1: So one of them, um, my wife just found for me yesterday um, at a used bookstore she was at. Um, She just saw it and grabbed it. And that is Starlog Presents, the official magazine, Star Wars Technical Journal of the Planet Tatooine. Oh, okay. Um, This was actually released in 1993, and it was kind of like a premium magazine with um, a lot of uh, technical... Um, blueprints and such, um, but some pretty cool um, fold-out posters um, of Millennium Falcon and where everything is in there, and some uh, some maps. Um, okay. Again, like kind of that uh, that that fantasy theme <laughs> that seems to be permeating this episode. Um, and yeah, it's uh, and then just a ton of shots from the film, um, films as well. So, um, just another thing that was on newsstands, um, and then also, of course, because it was something on a newsstand in, uh, in the nineties. Um, it has a hollow foil. <laughs> cover um with an embossed logo
0: yeah you have to do that you have to do that
1: yeah yeah.
0: okay cool
1: that's one of the books i have and the other one is another abrams joint and that is monsters and aliens from george lucas Um, and this is one of the weirdest Star Wars books um, in my collection, at least. Probably the weirdest Star Wars book in my collection. Um, it's basically... It's a book highlighting the monsters in, in Aliens. Um, I guess, yeah. And it's very um unique in the approach. Um, what I'm holding up right <laughs> now, it is... <laughs> um kind of like a fake national enquirer style yeah. um news article here there are um like letters from aliens in here um there's a whole bunch of alien poetry <laughs> um lots uh lots there we have um pledges um <laughs> as well kind of mission statements but my favorite uh my absolute favorite is the employee of the month plaque um for the, Gamorian, the Gamorian guard, guard. <laughs> um which uh some of the highlights um why the um the camorian guard received this employee of the month um plaque <laughs> include uh for being punctual even when there is no concept of time for volunteering many more times than necessary to take the rancor's temperature okay (laughs) Uh, yeah um for stomach display (laughs) (laughs) for accepting (laughs) this award
0: okay yeah um all right so
1: like like i said just super super weird um it's like it's not like laugh out loud funny it's just really really weird but like super enjoyable and quirky and um yeah i think it's uh it's a really cool thing to uh to have in your in a in your collection
0: yeah that's super cool um i gotta track down a copy of that for sure i wonder what that goes for these days on the second market it's
1: fairly inexpensive
0: okay all right yeah i mean with content like that as much as i'm into that i can see where you know it might not be like the the uh, most sought after um item uh, yeah for Star Wars collectors but
1: but it is um you know it is Abrams quality like the paper's great um it still you know holds up really well um and the art is like super varied and like really really high quality
0: so yeah and again I mean not to be a broken record here but if you're if you're kind of into or excited by the sort of um the time capsule quality of like mm-hmm. going and collecting a bunch of Star Wars stuff from the nineties, or just going back and looking at a bunch of Star Wars stuff from the nineties, which is obviously a huge part of uh, why we're doing this. Then the fact that it's got that kind of weird tone and like a sort of goofiness yeah. to it um, is, it's like it's maybe one of the most nineties things on our <laughs> list of uh, Star Wars stuff for this episode of power of the nineties, I would say, huh? Yeah. Uh, just based uh, on your description. Cause I don't have it, but.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. It almost it almost feels like more timeless and like it could have come out at like any time. It could have come out in the 70s or <laughs> it could have come out last week. Okay. Um it's because it, it's just it's so weird and it's so different than um what kind of like what we sort of expect out of a Star Wars book.
0: I see that's the thing. I can't really imagine it coming out now. Um not that's- because not because the world is so different now that you wouldn't have like that kind of content, but like because Lucasfilm is um it would just be surprising for me to see them put out something that sort of I don't know if parody is the right word. It sounds like it has a little bit of a an element of parody to it or just yeah. I don't know. Um maybe they would, I don't know. But anyway, yeah. With the focus on things being canon and all that stuff, I don't know if they would if they would go down that route, but um I don't know. Maybe we should start a letter-writing campaign and see if we can get that sequel book put together. So, uh, tweet tweet at Pablo. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure Pablo would have a lot of interesting uh, commentary on that book. I'm. Uh, uh, I have no doubt that he uh, that he uh, spent some time with it in the 90s and probably since. So, yeah, uh, that's cool. All right. Um, so does that do it for books then?
1: That does it for books. That
0: does it for books. Um, okay.
1: Even though, like, there probably is so much more that um that we have no idea like that um that star wars technical journal like that's not on any like publishing page on wikipedia or anything it's not in the star wars year by year book it's just something that was released in 93 so um yeah i'm sure there's i'm sure there's stuff we're missing but
0: yeah. One, one might assume that the, uh, the task of star Wars archeology span for the 1990s would be uh pretty straightforward, but yeah, you're always coming across things that you didn't necessarily expect. So, um, yeah. which is a lot of the fun of it though. So for sure. All right. Uh, well then let's jump into video games here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know we've talked mostly about uh, completely about books and comics i guess a little bit of uh, trading cards but you know the books in uh, the comics um huge huge part of of star wars in the 90s especially the first half of the 90s um but i would say you know if there is an equal in terms of influence and reach and keeping star wars alive and going in the 90s um two books it would be the video games uh that were that were just just huge in the 90s especially like early on here uh 93 we're talking um a lot of pc games um Mm. that are really well remembered and that people spent a ton of time with and were very influential um and uh even a super nintendo game here so let's start yeah i think 93
1: might be like the turning point where star wars games become mainstream um and i think we're going to see it with some of the the at least one of the releases uh next year in 94 but um Yeah, I think, uh, 93 was, um, it's, it's kind of crazy because we are talking about so many PC exclusive games here, but they were, or at, I guess I shouldn't say PC exclusive, but launching originally on PC, um, because, you know, I don't think we really, you know, It's such a console game dominated market now, but you know, you got to think back in this, this time in the nineties, we, you know, 93 was the year that doom released and, um, PC gaming was pretty, pretty huge and pretty mainstream. So, um, yeah, so we are going to be talking about, um, some PC games here.
0: Yeah, for sure. And so I think like the first one, the the one that's maybe most well known or whatever is um, Star Wars uh, X-Wing, um, which is a flight sim type game from uh, 93. So this is one that, you know, m- probably <laughs> tons of people with PCs um, back in the day that were playing, you know, video games at that time played X-Wing. Um, most Star Wars fans probably played it. I didn't, uh, unfortunately. I didn't play it then. And uh, I do have it on my PC now. Um, and I've been meaning to, um, pick it up and and start playing, although I've been mostly playing a different Star Wars PC game, uh, lately, so I didn't quite make it to X-Wing, but I know that you, um, have spent some time with X-Wing and you can kind of speak to that one, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, X-Wing is great. X-Wing and, um, you know, TIE Fighter will come out, I believe next year or 95. Um, but X-Wing is very, um, to me felt very inspired by one of um, my favorite PC games of the era, which was Wing Commander, which was originally very inspired by Star Wars. Um, The creator, Chris Roberts, is a huge Star Wars fan and a huge fan of, um, you know, also like a lot of the World War II films that you know inspired the dog fighting in star wars and um you can see all the the traces of his fandom in you know some of the some of the ships ship designs in wing commander all the way through um his casting of mark hamill um in wing commander three and four as the main character so um Wing Commander came out in 1990, and it kind of introduced like a. It, it wasn't the first, um, like flight space flight sim on PC or anything, but it was, um, I would say the most accessible, and it also, um, had like a really compelling narrative, um, surrounding the all the dog fighting and everything. Um, and so, yeah, that came out in 90. And then um, I, I would say it, it, definitely inspired a lot of the design in X-Wing in that, like in X-Wing, you can, um, you know, you can kind of roam the, uh, uh the, um, the base and, um, and now I'm, I'm getting some wires crossed here. It has been a really long time since I played X wing, but, um, I believe there are NPCs you can talk to similar to wing commander. And I believe there's like a, um, a combat sim, um, in the base as well, where you can like keep high scores and stuff, which is, um, very, very similar to, um, the, the tiger's claw in wing commander. Um, So yeah, this was a game that, um, you know, as a wing commander fan and a budding star Wars fan, um, that was definitely, um, one of my faves back in the day.
0: Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to going and, uh, in, in playing X-Wing just because I know uh, how influential it is and how well loved it is. So, uh, unfortunately I don't have too much more to add since I haven't played it yet, but, uh, Mm -hmm. But I'm excited to do that, and they're very easy to, well, I shouldn't say easy to, I mean, they're easy to buy on Steam, <laughs> um, but they're yep. not necessarily easy to play on Steam, which um, maybe we'll talk about a little more with, but we can just jump to it now, because yeah. it's maybe similar. Um, uh, Rebel Assault, uh, which is a Star Wars PC game that came out in November of 1993. Um, and then it was released on some other platforms as well, like the 3DO mm. um, and the Sega CD. Um, But uh, yeah, it was primarily a a PC game, I guess, at least to start, um, at least in 1993. And uh, I found, uh, as I got this on Steam, um, as well as X-Wing and TIE Fighter and all those games, that um, it is, I would say, nearly, I mean, I would say it's impossible to play without um, a flight stick. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then even with a flight stick, it's nearly impossible to play as well. Um, (laughs) It's so hard. It's so, so hard. I looked around on some forums and stuff, and I found uh, some suggestion from um, some other players to drop the frame rate really low. Um, so I did that. And when you drop the frame rate really low, it becomes playable, like sort of. Um, so um, I played and got maybe like five or six levels into the game. Oh wow. um, Yeah, and I was actually recording it to, uh, to post uh, along with this episode. But um, uh, my recording... Um, messed up in the end and i lost the footage so oh. i gonna have to i'm gonna but i'm gonna play through it again i mean like to get through five or six levels of rebel assault um i mean i probably spent an hour just trying to figure out how to play the game and like trying to make the game work and you know it was a nightmare but then once i kind of figured out how to do it you know um probably like half an hour of gameplay or something you know what i mean it's not it's yeah. not like you know an insurmountable uh thing to go back and and recreate um but it's just so hard to control these games um even with the stick they're so touchy and really really difficult um so unfortunately i you know i wasn't able to play through at least not yet i haven't been able to play through the entire game uh, which i I would like to do um but uh, yeah really really tricky now it's cool it's uh very hokey in a fun in a fun way um it -hmm. features some some full motion video uh type stuff um and uh, it doesn't. It does not really feature like the actual uh, film Star Wars characters. So it has, uh, it has some some new characters created for the game, like Rookie R- One, Rookie One, right? Rookie <laughs> yep. One. Um, but it's funny though. It uses like mostly all the same locations from the games. Um, you start out on Tatooine, and you're going through, uh, you're going through Beggars Canyon, and I mean, it's just like really like, <laughs> um, really similar. Um, it didn't. It didn't. Didn't go too far outside the box in terms of, um, you know, star Wars, uh, uh, concepts and locations and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I would imagine that at the time, 1993, this would have been, been pretty killer. Um, you know, as you're, as you're finding yourself in the cockpit of one of these, um, star Wars, you know, spacecraft. And, um, mm-hmm. it is pretty, it's pretty, even now I would say it's, it's pretty, uh, immersive. Um, you know, in, in a way, um, in feeling like you're, you're controlling a ship and especially when you're using that stick, you know, to control and it's, you know, it's pretty, I would say it's pretty successful in that way. Um, it's just so, so hard, but, uh, and definitely cheesy, definitely really hokey and and goofy, but, um, you know, that's, that's fairly at home with star Wars anyway. So, uh, it's cool, but it's so hard.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, so I, like this is a game that was um kind of born out of the uh the multimedia craze of the um of mm-hmm. the of the um early to mid 90s um it, i ended up um getting this game probably 94 or maybe 95 um once uh once we got a computer with a CD-ROM drive, um, because this was, I think, one of those, um, you know, like, alongside, like, Mist and, um, like, King's Quest V and those games, like, the um, very, you know, um, seventh guest, like, CD-ROM-focused multimedia um, games. And so I ended up getting it... Um, you know, a few, a few years after it came out, um, just because we didn't have a PC with a CD-ROM drive until, uh, until then. Um, but yeah, like I thought it was just like crazy impressive. And it was like one of those things you're like, oh, this is what all video games are going to look like going forward. Like this is the future. Um, (laughs) like it just, it was so different and impressive. Um, at the time. And actually this was also um, you know, uh LucasArts kind of um as as they did, as all um Lucas companies did, like really pushing the tech. They had like um some proprietary um rendering and video streaming tech here that they had developed for this game and like motion capture and Um, all of that, um, they sort of developed, um, alongside and with this game. Um, so that's, uh, I don't know, kind of an important piece of, uh, LucasArts history as well, I'd say.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all right, cool. Well, like I said, I'm going to try to play some more of it and maybe get some footage recorded. (laughs) Um, but obviously there's footage of the game out there too, if you want to see it. So, um, yeah. And uh, you can you can grab it on Steam and, and you can try. I, 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 uh, I also played the um, uh, I tried to play the Sega CD version of the game thinking like, well, you know, that's a system that they had a more traditional controller. It didn't mm-hmm. come with a flight stick. So surely they made it playable with a <laughs> gamepad or whatever you want to say uh, for a Sega CD. But uh, no, definitely like it, <laughs> it's so hard. I, don't <laughs> know, I guess just like people play game gamers in the 90s or whatever um knew how to navigate those waters in a way that i don't because i just they had cut their
1: teeth on sewer shark
0: yeah 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 Uh, well said okay cool um so other games uh from 93 one that you know we both played a ton i'm sure um super the empire strikes back on the super nintendo Mm -hmm. uh which i love and we talked about super star wars a ton on our last uh power of the 90s episode so again this is one of those things where it's a sequel to something that happened in in 92 and it's very similar to that so um we probably don't need to spend too much time on it necessarily but uh these games were were so cool the super star wars games also difficult but um Mm -hmm. not in quite the same way right (laughs) um and these were uh you know side scrolling um Star wars action games 16 bit on the Super Nintendo, although they did feature some mode 7 um you know first person flight uh, or well, I guess they're third person not first person but um I think
1: uh, there's both because aren't there are. some
0: cockpit yeah I think there are Things I think there are
1: at least one of these games
0: yeah hmm. I think you're right I know like I'm thinking like back to super Star Wars when you're in the um, the, the,
1: the land, land speeder is definitely, definitely third person but
0: right but yeah I think you're I think you're right. Like even, um, I've, I've just done the Hoth stuff in this game recently, um, and I think it is first person. So anyway, um, yeah, th- these games are amazing. Um, just like I talked about it a bunch, we talked about it a bunch on the last episode, but I love the Star Wars. Um, I love Star Wars and that 16-bit you know aesthetic with that 16-bit sound and... Um, they're tough, but they're really, really cool, and they they do some fun stuff with the with the license too, um, in terms of like characters and um, aliens and stuff that aren't so much from the movie, but um, provide good uh, blaster or lightsaber fodder in a in a sixteen bit Star Wars action game. So, yeah, um, yeah, um, you can play as Han, you can play as Chewie, you can play as Luke. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think you get to play as Leia until nineteen ninety four, but. Uh, but yeah they're 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 amazing super cool games so
1: yeah and this is um a lot of people's favorite in the trilogy oh, the three.
0: oh okay yeah. okay so in uh, following the uh the pattern of the of the movies there i guess
1: I, yeah i suppose
0: <laughs> all right and then there's uh there's one more video game from 1993 that we should touch on <laughs> and that is star wars chess um Star Wars chess on the PC. So, did you uh did you you didn't go back and play this, did you right?
1: Uh, I did not. No. Okay. I, I don't, don't know how, how to
0: play chess. Okay. So, I don't know how to play chess either, which is <laughs> embarrassing to admit. But um I have the game on my computer. I've booted it up. I've messed with it a little bit. Um but I don't really know how to play uh play chess so much, but I'm going to find out. And there is a video of this uh this game uh, forthcoming. So, <laughs> keep an eye on the Blockade Runner uh blog or our Twitter account. Um, And you'll you'll or just subscribe on YouTube. Actually, that's the thing to do. Subscribe on YouTube. Mm. Um, And uh, I'll be bringing some uh, hot Star Wars uh, PC chess action your way. Uh, um, Yeah, exactly. Steamy.
1: Steamy. (laughs) Um, So it's so weird that this game is what it is. Like you would think like you're making a Star Wars game and you want it to be a chess game. You'd think you would make hollow chess yeah like as the game but no it's like it's actually chess and it's just the pieces are star wars characters
0: right 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 right
1: which um i wonder was there was there a star wars chess like actual board game prior to this that maybe it's was inspired
0: by i i doubt it prior to i mean there definitely have been star wars chess you know boards or whatever but i don't think I would I don't think there would have been before this but I don't know. It's a good question. Um so uh yeah I mean here's the thing though it's like um let's see it's uh the 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 title here is uh the software tool works star wars chess um <laughs> but it's got like I, I swear somewhere it was called maybe not i thought it was called like battle chess or something or maybe it's part of a series like a, a series of games like battle chess or something but yeah
1: battle chess definitely was a thing
0: yeah um and i don't know if it's from the same developer 100 percent, but i thought it was um but anyway um Like a huge part of this game is like the animations on the chessboard, and there's like animations in between each turn. So, let's say I pin my R2D2 against your Darth Vader, and your Darth Vader, like, you know, what happens in chess? You you jump jump me? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if you win that round or that (laughs) turn. Or okay, we don't know about chess, but um, there's there'll be like a cool animation that takes place where Darth Vader like you know it hits r2d2 with the lightsaber and then like r2 like whirls around and smoke starts coming out and things start popping out of r2d2 you get what i'm saying right or like if it was 3po like he loses his limbs or you know whatever and and they're really cool they're actually really funny um so uh, i think that's that's maybe part of the reason like why it's it's probably more it was probably more exciting to play star wars chess with like Star Wars characters than it would have been to play, you know, hollow chess or to or whatever with like the, the little mm-hmm. monster guys and stuff. Cause, um, cause you know, your, your chess pieces are R2D2 and Yoda and Boba Fett, you know? So I mean that that's pretty fun, especially with those, those animations. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, yeah, um, like I said, this is a really <laughs> funny old game, um, Star Wars Chess. And if I knew how to play chess, it'd probably be really fun still actually, because obviously chess is one of those things. I think though, I don't know how to play it, that, uh, it's a, it's a pretty straightforward concept, right? But basic, you know, sort of setup and concept. And so, um, a chess game from 93 would probably hold up just fine in 2018. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's cool in that regard. I don't think there's a way to, like, get this um, legitimately at this point. You can't buy it on Steam or anything. Yeah. Um, but uh, the ROMs are out there. So uh, I would I would recommend checking it out if you're a, a chess person and you're able to use an emulator in some way. Um, yeah, then we'll, we'll talk about the Sega CD version um, briefly in our next episode because <laughs> it's actually different. I actually have video footage oh, recorded yeah. and ready to go of the Sega CD version but it's a it's a little bit different um it's a it's a it's a port but it's a little different so anyway um that'll be coming up so yeah between x-wing rebel assault super empire strikes back and star wars chess pretty pretty good year for for star wars games
1: yeah definitely
0: cool all right so um as we start to wrap up here just a couple other things um that we should talk about that were released in in 1993 which is starting to become a pretty big year for for star wars Mm -hmm. um there was the uh, Star Wars uh, Trilogy Original Soundtrack Anthology um, that was released on CD. Um, mm-hmm. And that was a, a four-disc set of uh, the complete um, Star Wars soundtrack. So the first three discs were the soundtrack for each film. And then the fourth disc was uh, a disc of rare bonus tracks and source music. And it came in this cool, like, tall box. Um and, uh, this one sells for, still sells for like 30 bucks, 20, 30 bucks, even though, you know, it's CDs. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I was, um, I was hanging out on an eBay auction from a Goodwill in California that was uh, selling <laughs> it for closer to 15, but I think I got outbidded or something. So that, that I never end, ended up uh, grabbing that, but, um, that's, that's one that I'd like to pick up, um, cause it would look cool on the shelf and,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm not sure about the mix and the mastering and all that of uh, of this Star Wars CD um, collection because uh, I think they're of varying quality throughout the 90s and 2000s. The different releases of the Star Wars soundtracks, but anyway, that uh, that that came out and was uh, no doubt pretty cool at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, there was also the Star Wars Trilogy Definitive Collection Laserdisc um, set that came out in 1993. Um, and uh i wish uh i wish our friend chris was in town and would have asked him to bring it over um so we could uh we could uh, watch it on laserdisc and hold it up here on on camera but um but yeah this one came out in uh in 1993 and uh it's i think we talked about did we talk about the star wars laserdiscs in what the 92 or 93 episode i think or the 91 or 92 episode i seem to remember talking about laserdiscs. um in our power of the nineties, but this definitive collection is really, really sweet because it's all three films. Um, and then it also come uh, comes with like a 16 page booklet and a hardcover book called George Lucas, the creative impulse um, which documents the first 20 years of Lucasfilm.
1: Yeah. We talked about the VHS.
0: Oh, was there a VHS version of this? Yes. Definitive collection. Yes. Oh, uh, Okay. 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 Cool. Cool. Yeah, because the, the Star Wars trilogy had been released on Laserdisc before this too. Maybe it was before ninety-one or whatever, but uh yeah. but um yeah, this was this was really, really cool at the time. And this would be um, you know, uh I well I guess there's the THX versions of of the original Star Wars trilogy coming up too. And I've got those over there on the shelf, so we'll look at those whenever that happens. But um this would have been obviously one of the best possible um, home video versions of, of the Star Wars trilogy to have, and then the book that comes with it, and just the collector set and all that stuff. Uh, very cool. So, um, yep, this is another thing. I sound like a total hoarder or something, but this is another thing that I've I've um, kind of had an eye on on eBay and would, would like to check out uh, mm-hmm. one of these days. So, um, just to kind of have it, but... Yeah. Um, cool. So there was those. Um, what else? The Star Wars Bendham toys released in 1993. I was just going to say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't, I don't have any of those anymore. Or I don't know if I ever did really, but um, this would have been the, these would have been the first new Star Wars figures to come out since um, Hasbro stopped doing Star Wars toys in 1985. Um, at least like widely, widely released. So yeah. Um, it's kind yeah. of sign of things to come there, you know? The yeah. And you also had
1: the Micro Machines mini yes. ships.
0: Yes. Yeah. From Galoob. Yeah. Um, yeah. The beginning of the uh, Star Wars Micro Machine uh, toy line. So that's also really cool. Um, and then, you know, um, <laughs> if you're a Japanese Star Wars fan or if you were in Japan at the time, um, maybe last thing for this episode was the George Lucas uh, Super Live Adventure which was a like a live production um, entertainment show in Japan that uh, had all these performances um, that were those like recreations of stuff from um, George Lucas movies. And uh, I don't know, I think like maybe a little bit like um, about his life and stuff like that too. So um, uh, pretty, pretty uh, crazy stuff. And I would direct you to, um, the blast points podcast. Um, and you can check that out, uh, uh, their episode, episode number 39, which was all about the George Lucas super live adventure and is a really fun listen. And, uh, they go into it in a big way and, and kind of, they, they, I think they watch a, a video of it from the, on YouTube or whatever. So, um, and kind of just talk all about it, but it's really crazy. Um, really, <laughs> really, um, interesting, unique kind of, uh, interpretation of some, some George Lucas stuff. So, so that would be cool um to check out uh now and um man sound like it was a huge thing um i'm i'm reading about this um in the star wars year by year book mm-hmm. uh, which of course we always look at before doing uh one of these episodes and it said uh what does it say um half a million tickets sold um for the wow. uh, Yok- yokohama auditorium in japan so it was uh i, I think a very big deal
1: that's insane
0: yeah but, uh, but yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely go listen to Blast Points episode 39. They talk all about um, what was in the show, how the show went down, uh, I think why maybe it never came over to the United States, which may have been um, planned at one point. So um, that's, a, that's a must-listen episode of a must-listen podcast. So uh, definitely go back and check that out as well uh but i think maybe that does it for 1993 for star wars what do you think uh, yeah pretty big year i would say a banner year for uh for star wars there um mm-hmm. couple cool books lots of cool video games and uh i think just the number of of things on our list to talk about between all the different star wars mediums and stuff kind of Um, we're starting to see that, uh, Star Wars is ramping up and coming back, um, in terms of merchandising and, uh, books and games and all that stuff. So, um, you know, as we, uh, jump into 1994 and beyond, um, there's gonna be a ton of, uh, uh, a ton of cool Star Wars content to look at. So, uh, I am excited for that. We're going to be doing these every month, Ryan. Does that sound good? You down? we
1: will try <laughs>
0: <laughs> well at least for uh, march and april i think right who knows with me we had to take a break for the last jedi yeah um, so maybe we'll have to take a break around han solo but uh we'll try to do a monthly um and, and uh continue our march through the 90s here um and then uh you know as we get further into the 90s we might have to start splitting them up too as uh more and more starts to happen um happen in star wars in the 90s but uh but yeah, until then, um, you can uh, follow us at our blog at blockaderunnerpodcast.com. Uh, please subscribe on iTunes. Leave a review on iTunes would be great. Tell your friends. Subscribe on YouTube. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Blockade Run. Or Ryan, your personal account is at braundwarf.
1: Mm-hmm. B-R-A-W-N-D-W-A-R-F
0: yeah um and uh, obviously a lot of uh exciting stuff on the horizon for star wars in 2018 as well so we'll be doing shows uh about uh everything happening in star wars with uh star wars rebels the solo movie um and uh and other star wars developments but uh but we're excited to keep doing star wars power of the 90s and looking back at that decade as well so um you know stay with us at uh com, and then we'll be back with a new episode soon